Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode Dead Drop of Eavesdrop Podcast, Legendary 402, uh, integral part of uh, the best, one of the best video games ever existed up until now. Uh, call, call, like uh, call of Duty 4, one of my favorites ever. And we have my man Quinn at the end with the super fly jacket. Uh, nice. Welcome to Arlington, Texas. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thanks, man. This is incredible. Look at this. I still can't hear this. Insane. Uh, no, the crowd, the crowd. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm used to the crowd being all the way to the back. We just had our major here. Yeah. Massive success. Some of the people in this crowd were already here. Am I right? Yep. Right there. S- okay. Some of them, I, 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 take, I take notes. Lists, see who's naughty, see who's nice, and then uh, maybe we'll get some presents uh, at the at the end of the year. But uh, I do appreciate you guys coming here. Super exciting times. Uh, obviously, uh, this game is is uh, is the talk of the town. Has been for a while since the announcement. Uh, I'm as excited as ever. I I, I want to hear everything about it. I want to know about the the Web3 integration that's going to happen with this thing. Uh, I want I want to know it all. So why don't we start with you, Quinn? Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, just about myself. I mean, yeah, okay. you just introduced me, Hex. I really appreciate it. I've never been introduced by Hex before, so that's really cool. Nice. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Quinn, and I'm creative director, co-founder at Midnight Society. Uh, super happy to be here. I've been uh, in the game industry for about 15 years. Worked on uh, quite a few titles as well. Uh, Halo, Gears of War, to just to name a few. But uh, yeah, just really excited to be here, and we're, we're totally down. You want to talk about Dead Drop? We could talk about Dead Drop all night. Well, that's what I, that's that's why I'm here. I flew in specifically <laughs> for this. I was in the middle of a food tour throughout the throughout the heart of Texas and as far as Texas you can go. But I knew that I had to be here specifically for this. And I haven't had my chance to get a uh, to get on the sticks. I get I get texts from a certain somebody showing me certain iterations of it, Ooh. and he you know I, it'll never leave this phone. So right, you're good. Right, okay, trust. Uh, long 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 history there. Obviously, four zero two. You need no I- introduction, but please do. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've been in the industry for a while, started with Call of Duty, and luckily that was very successful uh, for me. Uh, (laughs) And then then stuck around, despite everyone's best efforts, I stuck around. Um, But yeah, I mean, listen, I I got to work with Doc back in MW3 uh, days, and, you know, once he called me up and wanted to sort of dive back into game development, I said, you're fucking crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not, we're not doing it. We're not, we're not going to do it again. I haven't touched first person shooters for decades for a reason. It's hard. Yeah. Making a first person shooter, especially in this day and age when the scene is so competitive, you need an infinite amount of money. You need the best developers in the world. Which the doc has, yeah. And you need like a reason. Like you need an angle. Like what is it? We're not going to make another military shooter. Mm -mm. That's for sure. So I sat down with him and we talked about it. And, you know, he had this ideal of a vertical extraction shooter, this tower. You know, everything was in its infancy. These interconnecting sectors. And, like, hearing it out, I was, like, I was getting fucking hyped. I was, like, I could see this. Mm-hmm. I, but that solves one problem. All right, we have an angle. Now we need a team, right? And, like, first person I called was Quinn because he was coming off Halo Infinite, which, like, at its foundational element, right? The single player, like they were doing a lot of things right with that. I'm not gonna get into That's fine. after launch. Hey, it's all good, we're good. But <laughs> Go sweat it, man, you keep going. But <laughs> tear him down. Yeah. Um, but called Quinn up, 
you know, gave him the spiel, and I was like, you need to, you need to get out of there. Yeah. You need to get out of there, come here, let's do this. Yeah. No, that, I, I remember that uh, vividly. It was, uh, you know, it was a little over a year ago. It was around Thanksgiving time. I was like, man, I'm, I'm supposed to be, like, sitting down with my family and eating some turkey and all that kind of stuff. And then I got Rob over here my, chirping in my ear, as he always does. He's a good chirper, right? And he, and he, was, he was talking to me. He's like, hey, we, gotta, we should do this. We got something big going on. I was like, all right, man, well, I don't usually like to entertain stuff, but I'll entertain you. Man. Yeah, yeah, right, of Let's course, talk of about course. this. So, so, yeah, then we just got into it, and he told me about the, the, everything that he just said about how Doc's involvement and the universe that we were trying to build. And I was like, you know what? I could help assemble a team, and we could execute on something like that. And so then from that point in, we've been going – thousand miles an hour just to get to where we are today and it's incredible that, uh, how much we've come in just over a year I, i'm actually excited to talk uh, talk to you guys about this because i i always as much shit as i talk about some video games i always give props to the developers in the ability to be able to create a universe in which gravity exists uh quantum mechanics algebra everything that's out there, right? You throw a grenade a certain way, it's going to fall in a certain uh, trajectory. So uh, the amount of zeros and ones and ones and zeros in a coordination, uh, in a coordinated, you know, sort of uh, setting uh, to, to make this work of art, uh, which it is, is an interactive work of art that we get to experience by jumping in there, right? We get in there, uh, and I want to talk uh, about the, not only just the concept of it, but, you know, wh where, where does a concept like that begin, and what are some of the first steps? Like, you mentioned getting a team together. Like, where do you begin? Oh, man. Where, where, yeah, so, I mean, when we founded the studio and it all came together, uh, the four of us, and, like, well, once we, we got the, the key pieces of us four. We're like, okay, well, now we got to build a team. Where do we begin? And honestly, I was just, we are just pulling together all the people we know in the industry because, you know, Rob's got a lot of industry experience. Guy is super well connected, not just in game development, just in games, right? Just he's super connected. Suman is well connected and across. So we just, you know, just combined all of our efforts and our minds thinking about that. And we're like, okay, where do we want to start? Well, what is the world of Dead Drop? Dead Drop is this, this, uh, this dark world. It's this crazy, violent, this gritty experience. And I was just thinking, well, in order to execute on that, we got to have a really good artistic vision. So that's where, you know, hire number one for me was trying to get that art director. And I felt like we nailed that. We got Darren, Darren Bacon, incredible Ooh. art director. And so he has come on board. He has done all sorts of amazing things for us. And so then when that happened, then Darren just, I unleashed him to go after not only just the art style and to establish it and to work with Guy, myself, and Rob. Then who are the other people, the key pieces, right? Because we, we got to assemble this team. So then he went after the art side. And then from there, we're like, well, you can't build a game, like you said, like grenades, the physics, everything that's going in there, all those ones and zeros. Well, we've got to get an incredible uh, engineering team as well. So we, again, a lot of, it's this weird combination of all of the places we've worked in those games. It's, it's Halo, it's Call of Duty, yep. it's uh, all of these different um, games, these big time IPs all brought together. And that's, the team is pretty much made up of this, Voltron force of Call of Duty and Halo. Yeah, because the, the, the thing is, it's like making a game, like we all have made a lot of games. On this team, we've all made a lot of games. We've been involved in a lot of developments. We understand the core logistics of how to design and develop and ship a big AAA game, right? But to make a good game, it requires, it's the same as an esports team. It requires a chemistry, a communication style, a shorthand that you can work with each other at a fast pace and you don't need a lot of like explanation. We all speak the same language. And specifically with Dead Drop, 
A vertical extraction shooter is unlike anything else. It's a combination of multiple genres, right? Where in Call of Duty, like you can have arena shooters, you can have battle royales. This is kind of a mixture of both because we have the scale and scope of a battle royale, right? 100 plus players. Uh, Ooh. I was going to see if he reacted Ooh. to that. Yeah, hundred plus players in a tower, seven sectors, right? But those sectors play more like arena maps, right? They're just interconnected. So you sort of need both of those design philosophies. And I had a sort of unspoken rule at the beginning of building this studio, which is like, I want only people that somebody in this room has been in the trenches with. Mm -hmm. Have you shipped a game with them? Have you shipped multiple games with them? Can you speak specifically, this dude is good at this? This girl's amazing at this, right? I want targeted, specific talents to build this because we are building a very specific, targeted thing. So we weren't looking to fill seats, right? I was like, I will spend 15 years on this game if I have to. Mm -hmm. We got extremely lucky because, like he said, our network is deep. Our bench is deep. Doc's reach is deep. So we were able to go for the people that we wanted, call them up, say, quit your job today because we're not waiting. Mm -hmm. And, like, let's do this. And luckily, every single person we made that call to said yes. Otherwise, we would not be here right now in your arena at this production quality in 12 months. It wouldn't be possible. Yeah. yeah. Those are the type of people we're going out. The, the amount of work that... That's right. Well, well deserved. Um, uh, so, so Darren is the guy that I got to talk to about getting my graffiti into the game. Yes, correct? sir. All right, perfect. <laughs> I did tell Doc... love to talk to you. I, t I told Doc that if my graffiti... If I see graffiti on there and it's not mine, he and I are done. Okay. Oh, no. No, I'm kidding. I didn't say that. I would never. Don't, don't play SS5, then. <laughs> okay. uh, uh, all right. So, listen, I, 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 uh, I appreciate, obviously, you guys being here, uh, the transparency behind it. Uh, all right. So, you gather this team. Yeah. This, this, no, you don't need an army. You need a team of specialized mercenaries, right? Yes. Uh, once you have this team together, uh, is, is it the art that comes from or the storyline that comes first? What, where, where do you begin to sort of puzzle piece this, this art uh, together? Yeah, that, that's a great question because it's, in a way, it is exactly to the DNA of what Midnight Society is. And that is, not only are we just building this game with just these talented men and women in the trenches, it's also the players. And we're being open development. And a lot of those players, you see them here today. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're excited about. So to your question is like, we have active dialogue with our players. And we're here today not because we just shipped the game. The game isn't out, we're far from it. We're super early in development, but we are doing what we said we are gonna do and have these snapshots, and this is our fifth one, and we release these for our players to interact with us, engage with us, and then from there, it helps us because when Rob talks about, hey, our deep bench and all these things, in a way, he's, going, he's dancing around the fact that there's a lot of risk when you set out to do something. We are negating a lot of that risk as much as we can because we are making a game for the players, mm -hmm. right? We want to listen to what they say. So when it comes to this snapshot, we're going to get so much feedback that we would get than if we just sat on it. We're like, okay, we're going to wait another year until we get this and let's do this. Yeah. And we're in dark, we're secret and doing all these kind of things. No, we get it out there. We're going to see what they say. What, what do they think about? Do they want to see lore next? Do they want to see uh, what kind of features do they want? And so in a way, we have our ideas and our guiding light that we go towards, but the players have huge impact on the directions that we want to pivot as a team. So it's, that's pretty much our main philosophy that differentiates us. Yeah, and that's, I don't want to underestimate how huge of a difference that is in how we build the game, right? 
because we have all been a part of the traditional way where, you know, maybe one person, like a, a really powerful creative director or game director or maybe a collection of a small brain trust are going to sit down and they're going to plot out like, okay, here's the game. Here's the feature sets we need for that game. They're going to write milestone deliverables that are approved by the publisher two years in advance. And then they get on that track and they're just knocking it out, right? They're going down that checklist and making tasks. And yeah, they pivot and stuff. But it's such an archaic way of making games because what you end up doing is you're designing in a bubble that you are sort of internally all sort of playtesting and seeing. And then you get two years down the line, you ship it, and the community, the players are like, this fucking sucks. Like, this ain't, this ain't great, right? For this reason you didn't foresee. Don't I know it. Right? <laughs> and so I wanted, that is the key thing that I wanted to eliminate. Yeah. Right? And so we do not write two years' worth of milestone deliverables. Instead, we're like, hey, we're making a first-person shooter. It takes place in a sector. All right, let's get a gun in there ASAP. Let's get some gunplay in there, and let's hand it off to the players. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot to feedback on, but you can talk about reloads and animations, right? And play, you know, first snapshot, the biggest feedback was, these animations suck. There is no animation. It's like, yeah, we don't have an animator yet. Luckily, Henry over there shows up to the LA Founders event, our first event, and he comes up fresh off of Oscar-winning Avatar 2. Look at that cowboy over there, looking good. Fresh off Avatar 2, hasn't yet won his Oscar, about to do, right? Future Oscar winner, comes up in the LA Founders event. He's already a variant. He got a founder pass, he showed up. He walks up to us and says, hey, your animations suck, I could, I could do better. Ooh. Like, who do I talk to about that? And I'm like, you're talking to him, baby. Yeah. You're talking to him. Now, within, what was it, a couple weeks, on the team, redoing all the reload animations, redoing all the weapon animations, now you can see all of his work in Snapshot 5. Like, we would not have been able to do that if we weren't releasing builds, getting feedback, yeah. getting the attentions of people like yep. Henry's of the world, right, despite that ridiculous outfit he's wearing. Yeah. Still works. It does work. He's in Texas. It works here. Yeah, <laughs> it does. <laughs> Henry can make most things work, though. I'll, I'll give him that. He's got the mustache. He's got, it, he's got it all figured out. I haven't seen the boots yet, though, but if they're not pointy, I don't want to see them. Uh, <laughs> all right, so, so uh, you, you know, what's, what's your favorite part of, uh, of, the, of the process? And then I'm going to ask you what's the favorite part of the game thus far for you. So favorite part of the process? Oh, uh, honestly, it's, well... One of the things that was, I'll say, that was scary, like the scariest thing that has since become um, my favorite part is that just the fact that this game team is all remote. We're 100% remote. And so we, we work from all over the country. And in a way, that is super powerful and great to attract people that you don't need to live in a certain area to come to a brick-and-mortar place to work with us. But the other part is, because, Rob, you know, we've talked about this, is we've done the traditional game development where you're in the trenches, physically in the trenches. So that was the scary part. But since then, I am amazed at this team and how much camaraderie we are able to have and the trust we are able to build, build mm -hmm. just, just remote, right? Yeah. Working on Discord and all the different things like that. We are just, we're going into playtest lab. We're yucking it up. We're having all sorts of fun together. It's almost as if we're there. Yeah. So to me, that's been like the favorite part of the process is this crazy adventure of, man, I've never done this remote thing before. I don't know about this. But Rob was like, no, trust me, man. It's going to yeah. be sweet. Trust me. And then he's, he's been right. It's been a lot of fun.
Uh, part of the interruption, I know that you guys were enjoying the conversation that we were having about the game Dead Drop by Midnight Society. I'm super excited for my friend, the doc. Congratulations on such a such a good game. Uh, hopefully, it continues to evolve and become one of the best games that's ever been uh, created. Uh, with that in mind, I do want to say thank you to our sponsor this episode. It's Cheez-It. Uh, Cheez-It is a perfect snack for gamers because it offers a mess-free way to satisfy their cravings. Look out for Cheez-It Extra Toasty and Extra Cheesy to give you that extra kick when you are playing. And also hands-free it's a very good hands-free snack that, that keeps them super super clean uh our other sponsor for this week is none other than hello fresh so you guys know hello fresh has been around for a very long time big big partner of the eavesdrop uh when we get our hello fresh uh delivered uh here maddie and i split it he takes it home he does with it what he does which is eat it i do it the same um make mealtime easy with delicious recipes made with fresh wholesome ingredients delivered to your door no lines no hassle uh just great tasting meals you can whip up and enjoy the comfort from your own home and you know what March is the National Nutrition Month, and HelloFresh is going to make it easy for you to choose delicious diet dietitian-approved meals. Simply look for the Dietitian Win tag on their menu of choices for meals under 700 calories and with one-third less sodium. HelloFresh has 40 weekly recipes for you to choose from for all meals, occasions, lifestyles, and preferences. Um, the ingredients are already pre-proportioned, so all you have to do is cook it and enjoy. Um, HelloFresh makes it easy uh, easy to eat what you love. Customize the select meals by swapping proteins, sides, or even adding profi, uh, protein to a veggie dish. And now, you can even upgrade for organic chicken, organic ground beef on select meals. Because with HelloFresh, you're getting seasonal ingredients picked at peak ripeness for quality you can taste. Ingredients travel from farm to your home in less than seven days, so you know they are fresh uh you know obviously when i get home and jude isn't home i don't have time to cook i don't have time to go grocery store i want to be as efficient as possible with my time and if i want to eat a nutritious meal or watch what i'm eating and not be you know what i usually am and eat uh like an adult i usually go into my fridge get some hello fresh cook them super easy to make uh and it comes with a variety of choices which is something that we all need uh and right now if you go to hellofresh.com slash hex 60 that is h3cz60 and use code hex 60 again that's h3cc60 for 60 percent off plus free shipping so again i'm gonna leave the link in the description down below but if you want to you can go to hellofresh.com slash hex 60 h3cc60 and use code hex 60 for 60 percent off Plus, free shipping. Again, that is H3CC60. And last but not least, we have Dad Grass. So, because if you have ever been just too damn high, and we've all been there, certainly I have, uh, with today's weed, finding your perfect dose can be dangerous game. Uh, and by that, it'll be dangerously fun to find something that is that is just normal for you to enjoy. So if you need something a little bit tamer, something that you can, uh, you know, sort of step up in your in your in your weed game a little bit, Dadgrass offers that solution for you. If you ever had those nights where the day just plays on and plays on, the redundancy of the day being the same thing over and over again, uh, and you don't necessarily have the ability to fall asleep as quickly as you'd like to for you to be able to wake up in the morning refreshed and ready to go, Dadgrass offers that opportunity for you to just take a nice little toke. Go to sleep, go night night, have sweet dreams, and wake up without the without that after feeling in the morning. Drink lots of water. It would be my 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 number one um, combatant to feeling like groggy in the morning. Uh, if you feel if you take a nice glass of water in the in the evening right before you go to sleep, and then you take another one uh, right before you get up, you're gonna feel great. But that grass is legal, organic, smokable hemp that relaxes your body and mellows your mind. Uh, their 100% organic pre-rolled joints have a very low 
THC level and a high CBD level so you can enjoy the effects of cannabis while keeping a clear head. Chill out without getting stoned to the bone. It's like having a glass of wine, but not the whole bottle. Not looking to toke. Dadgrass also offers the finest tinctures and gummies in the market. All the mellow goodness, no smoke required. All that grass products are federally legal for ages 18 and over, and it ships right to your door anywhere in the United States. Right now, Dadgrass is offering our listeners 20% off your first order when you go to dadgrass.com slash hex. Again, go to dadgrass.com slash hex for 20% off your first order. Link will be in the description down below. Take a load off. And now, back to the interview with 402 and my man Quinn from Midnight Society. Is it because you knew that the level of, of, of self-accountability that these passionate people, you know, stemming across the, the, the United States, elsewhere? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a few international deaths. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the, the level of, account of accountability that somebody puts on themselves when they're passionate about, about a project, I think they go above and beyond to make sure that not only are they doing what they're supposed to do, but going a little bit above and beyond to make sure that everybody who's not, you know, overlooking or, or being in the trenches with them on a, on a daily basis gets to see that, you know, we're, we're here to work and we're here to play hard uh, because this is a, a, a game that needs that level of commitment because it is an incredible idea. When, when, uh, when I first started talking to Doc about it, the concept of self, I, I, I was like, I'm like, okay, so it's a, it's a, it's a tower extraction? And, and oh, the second he explained it, I'm like, it, it made so much sense to me. What about you? What is your, your, your favorite uh, part of the, of the process for you? Of the, of the process for me, it has been... It's like, me, right? It's not you. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you're close. Okay, close okay. fourth. All right. By, All right. By close fourth. fourth. Okay. okay. Um, for me, it, it's been this. Mm -hmm. Like, no joke. I have been advocating for open development for so long, and it's, I'm not going to lie, it's a harder way to make games, right? We're killing it right now. It's working out, but it is definitely a harder way to make games because we have no secrets. Mm -hmm. There is no, like, um, there's no NDAs. There's no, like, oh, we can't talk about that. It's literally, like, everything we do, we put it out there. And I like that because it gives us the opportunity to fail fast and fail early mm -hmm. in game development, which you normally don't get a chance. I have been part of many really great games oh, yeah. that never shipped, right? You spend years of your life working on something, putting a lot of sweat and tears on it, and never ships for a million reasons, right? Funding falls out, a publisher doesn't approve a milestone. There's a million reasons games fail. With this, we don't have that problem because we already have the engagement, we already have the people playing it, we get gut checked all the time, and we get to experiment, right? Yeah. Like, I came in one day, and I was like, man, this game is set in, like, a 80s, or like, late 80s, early 90s vibe. Like, in those movies, everybody has, like, a car that they identify with. Like, we need, like, a vehicle. We need, like, a car that you can build, and, like, it's part of your thing. And, and Quinn's like, yeah, that sounds cool. <laughs> we, th we start building out the garage. We throw it in there. Like, we haven't got to the car gameplay yet, right? But we throw it in there. And see how these guys react. Car game, play. dude. That's what I'm saying. This guy is just throwing out all <laughs> I, sorts of I, I, stuff. I like that. What 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 I will say, <laughs> and, and the crowd can help me out on this. Doesn't it feel good that you guys all have a hand in building a game because of the input that you're giving them? Is that not what video games are? But a community that people can come together and work on something as passionately uh, as this. Favorite uh, part about the game so far? Uh, that. 
We'll save the cars for him. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I'm apparently not allowed to fucking talk about it. His favorite part about the game will be something that's not even revealed yet. So, Or something that we haven't even like signed up to do. So yes. that's, that's something that Rob Don't worry doing. about my favorite. Yeah. You focus on your favorite. Okay, I'll focus on my Thanks, boo. Uh, yeah, so my favorite thing about the game, honestly, is some of just the movement. The stuff that we have in the, in the game is because it's a very vertical game. And we have put stuff in there. Like, our movement is mainly level design based. We haven't done a lot of tricks and things that are uh, intrinsic ways that players can move around. Like, we're not doing jetpacks or, um, you know, uh, jump jets on your feet or, in, like, you, everyone has a grapple hook or anything like that. Everything, if you want to get around this environment, you have to really take that into account. So, for me, it's the identity of the environment and the movement the player can make based on their knowledge of the map. And therefore, we use this term classic. It's almost like a term that, that has died out a lot is map control. Map control and power positions is a thing in Dead Drop, and it's great. And so players need to take that into account, not only the players that they have to fight, but where do they get to the certain positions and when they get to those positions. So that, to me, there's a lot of a thinking person's kind of game in Dead Drop. Uh, for me, it's the extractions, mm -hmm. right? Like, I, besides Tarkov, I hadn't really had a ton of experience in extraction shooters, right? To me, I was, like, in the very, like, focused, normal, like, oh, I come in, I'm here to win it. I'm here to kill everybody else and be the last person standing. And extractions, like, just have introduced this whole other element of, like, oh, I could go in and do some, like, quick runs, mm -hmm. Like, go in, grab some really valuable stuff, and then if it gets too heated and I don't have the loadout for it, like, oh, I'm going to bone out, right? And, like, the sort of design philosophy and the strategy that goes into those different types of extractions, because, like, all extractions are not created equally, right? Like, you have some that are, like, super high risk. It's like, yeah, it's close, but, like, there's a ton of sight lines to it, right? So I could probably easily get sniped if there is a sniper out there. Uh, where other ones are like, oh, it's very easy and low risk to get out, but I have to find it, right? It's procedurally in a different location every single time. I have to search it out. So there's like a, like it's low risk, but there's a chance I might not ever find it, right? And then there are the other ones that like, oh, multiple people could use this, and but I'd have to negotiate. I have to use proximity chat and negotiate. Be like, hey, how about both of us go out? We'll both get out alive, right? And that is my favorite thing. My second thing, proximity chat. Using it for those purposes, Ooh, right? Anybody yeah. who has played with me in this community already or on the team knows that I try to negotiate immediately. Okay. As soon as I hear somebody running out, I'm like, chill, 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 chill. Let, let's work this out. Let's figure, let's figure out what's going on here. And then the moment they lower their gun, then I'll kill them. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll take some of the That's out. nice. Yeah. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. 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 Um, but I love that ability to communicate. So, so now you guys know, second negotiation starts. Start firing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially if you hear 402's voice on the other side. Don't, I'll, I'll mask it. I'll okay. The only person who doesn't negotiate is, is Doc, I've mm -hmm. noticed. Yeah. In every place. If somebody's not responding back to me, then I run because I know. It's him? It's him. He'll start whistling? He won't yeah. talk until after you're dead. Well, and then he'll say something. One time he did it to me. He said, uh, he was talking to me. He's like, do you want this to end fast or slow? Ooh. How do you want this to go? That's not <laughs> even a negotiation. <laughs> he said that to me. And I was like, oh, and then I ran away. Uh, what's Doc's involvement in all this? Obviously, brainchild of his. Yeah. But what is his daily or weekly, monthly uh, involvement? Uh, yeah, so 
he is definitely, uh, I would say, so we have quite a few recurring meetings with him. We do a lot to try to keep him involved. But, you know, he's super busy. He's got a lot of uh, irons and many different fires, whether, you know, it's uh, his streams or, you know, throwing passes to George Kittle at 49ers training camp. You know, what a throw, things. right? Yeah, that oh, was pretty man. good. So, you know, he's got all sorts of things going on, but we, we really try to get him in as much as possible because his feedback is crucial because he is gaming all the time. And obviously the team is a bunch of gamers, but not necessarily to that level of, like, it is your job to be gaming yeah. and to be entertaining. And so the, the understanding and knowledge he brings to the table of what is viewable, watchability, streams, how do you have a game that has the right pacing so if you are a streamer, you can actually interact you know, like you look at classic arena shooters, it's like you can't really interact because you just got your mouth open and you're staring at the screen because respawn, respawn, die, die, respawn. And so all those kind of things he brings to the table. Mm -hmm. But then on top of that, what's great is he does a lot of challenges as well. He just because he he has the right balance of he's involved, but he's not too involved. Mm -hmm. So when he comes and gets involved, he's got fresh eyes again. Yeah. So it's like from fresh eyes perspective, it's like, hey, what's this all about? I'm like, oh, we don't see that because we've been dev blind. Right? Yeah, because we've gotten close to something. Of course, and the good thing about that is that he does not hold back on his opinions, as as he uh, displays almost on a daily basis on yeah. Twitter. The Correct. amount of uh, the amount of opinions a passionate person has is always obviously going to have uh, it's a double-edged sword, right? You're going to either uh, like it or not like it. But since it is something that he's so passionate about, you know that he, it's coming from a good place, and he wants to see uh, the success of this game, uh, his baby, uh, become something. Uh, cool. And also, you need him out there, right? You need him to continue to build yeah. his, his, uh, his, his presence. You need him to continue to be who he is, entertaining the masses, so that when the, this thing drops, that everybody is there. I'll be there, uh, you know, sort of collaborating with him on this, uh, on this beautiful journey. Yeah. What, uh, what, what, what else do you guys want to tell me about the game? What is one thing that you, or two, or three, uh, that, that you want me to ask? To ask us? Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> See, I, I switch it up on you. What do you want to tell everybody here about the game? And it, one can go before the other. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I want us to, I want to be able to tell everyone here mm -hmm. about essentially where we are in the process. Because this is one big thing, and it's great to see all this and what we've done in a year. But to be, to be clear, this is, uh, you know, this is pre-alpha where we're at mm -hmm. and it's super early and there's a lot of things that the team is proud of and we're excited about but we're not done no. like we've got a long way to go and that's not a bad thing we are excited about that like it's we are excited yeah, yeah, yeah exactly we're excited about it and even rob said like hey it doesn't matter how long it's going to take us to make this game because we are making it alongside the players and that to me is something that's super excited and i want to make sure that everyone here uh, in this room and also people that are listening on this podcast that they know that we are not complacent, we are not done, we are here to stay, and we're going to be doing this the right way and making sure that the players love the game that we're making for them. Um, look at that. I, I'm excited about the, uh, the digital items that you can put into your bank. Uh, are, are those, obviously answer if you can, are those transferable between accounts? Are you talking about items in the game? You know, you, you see Counter Strike, Dragon Lore, one hundred twelve thousand yeah. dollars just got sold, right? Yeah. This, it went into someone's bank. Super happy about it. Uh, I want to feel that. If I was able to have my sniper rifle from Call of Duty Four, yeah. right, in which I dominated shipment with the one that's tattooed on here, if I could yeah. have that one, right, throughout all of my Call of Duties, and be able to use that weapon through all of the Call of Duties, yep. that would be such a feature that 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 would just like 
you know, give me give me some some sentimental uh, memories about yeah. it, right? Uh, yeah. Even even better if that rifle that you've been using through all of those Call of Duties has all of that history attached to it mm-hmm. in it, right? So you can look at it, you can expand details, you can see like, oh, I used that to win that major. Mm-hmm. I got these mm-hmm. kills, right? Like, there's certain metadata you can attach to those weapons. Having ownership over the things that you buy in game and have in game is the only reason we've even investigated mm-hmm. all of that stuff, yeah. right? Uh, because that is what I care about. And so we're spending a lot of time. Like, it's not going to be something we worry about now mm-hmm. in, like, builds like this. Because right now we're focused on the core gameplay stuff. But it's part of the grand vision. Yeah. We want, like, hey, if you get something killer that you own, it's yours. Yeah. And you can do whatever you want with it. That's the use case. I love that. That's the thing that we care about most. The rest of the stuff that people get up in arms about, like speculation and yeah. all this yeah. other stuff, 100%. is that yeah. what it's about? Yeah, th- those are the kind of people that are just there for the wrong reasons, right? The, exactly. the, the, the hardcore gamers that are here to collect the way that I collect are the ones that are going to be the ones that drive this. And, and, and it'll be really easy to, to identify the people who are here for the, for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Um, I don't know, sorry, you were saying... No, no, that's exactly right. And that is what we've already started doing, right? And, like, everybody here who is a founder has a variant. Mm -hmm. And every variant has a visor cortex. Uh And now every visor cortex is going to be in-game. It's your in-game identity. You're going to see it. it. You're going to have that, right? That is exactly the type of thing we're talking about. Now just take that mentality and apply it to your weapons, your gear, your customization options, the things that you have that are core to your identity as a player, yeah. right? What, worry me, what worries me about that is that some team owners out there are going to say, Dashy, take my sniper rifle and play this whole match with this and then give it back to me, right. you know, so <laughs> that I can say that you, you played with my sniper rifle, you won something. Yeah. Sp- speaking of that, uh, what's, what's, uh, do you guys have any plans for, for the esports uh, side of this thing? Is that still conversational? ideation yeah. or definitely on the path? Uh, I mean, we've, we talked about it for sure. I mean, there's a lot of... If, if I may, the yeah, reason that I asked sure. that, the, the reason that I asked that is because from the beginning, right, and you can pick Call of Duty, Halo, whatever, yeah. whatever, uh, Counter-Strike even, uh, developers and artists created this piece of artwork, yeah. right, uh, that people are interacting with. It was us, the gamers, that turned it into a spectator sport yes. yep. and then waited for the developers to sort of catch on to that. Same and thing with Call of Duty. Yeah, same thing with Call of Duty. Yeah. So yep. that, that's the reason that I'm asking because I know that you guys are creating something that, a, a piece of artwork that we're going to be able to in, uh, interact with, create yep. memories on, yep. uh, have ownership over, over that. Uh, so not to turn it into something super serious, but, no. you know, gaming yep. is... Uh, no, I, I mean, I remember those early conversations when, like, all the esports guys would roll through Infinity Ward, and they're pushing for features for competitive, right? Pushing for features for Hasher would come in and be like, oh, can we have this, this, and this, right? Always would get pushback. And the reason was they looked at it at the time of like, oh, well, esports is like 10% of our audience, mm-hmm. and we really need to focus on features for the 90%, and it was whatever, right? So I feel like we've taken that to heart, and we're like, listen, it's not about augmenting dead drop to be an esports game. Let's assume from day one that the esports component of Dead Drop is going to be its own dedicated thing, mm-hmm. right? That feeds off of everything we're doing with Dead Drop. So what we want to do is we want to bring in all the esports personalities, the athletes, the team owners, the players, everybody who's involved in that scene, and give them the tools to craft Dead Drop 
into what is the best competitive experience. Because mm -hmm. the best competitive version of Dead Drop is going to be drastically different than what the pubs are playing. Yep. And that's okay. Yep. Right? And so what we are doing is we, and we'll talk about it a little bit in the show, but what we are doing is we're giving that control over to the community to have control over that environment to make it exactly what they need instead of being, you know, uh, stuck to our calls. Yes. Um, and so that is our sort of focus. But we definitely see it. The one definitive thing is we see it as its, as its own dedicated thing mm -hmm. and not trying to make the casuals competitive and then all of that stuff. Yeah. No, I think in a way, Hex, you kind of answered the question the way I was going to answer it, and that is, you know, one of our philosophies is that um, you don't choose esports, and esports chooses you. Love that. And, and what that means is, like, you know what? We're not going out of our way to make, like, a hardcore esport game. That's not because we don't like that stuff. It's because we want to make a game that is super fun, super engaging, lots of interest with it, and all the loops, everything is super fun to play. And then because it's super popular, you're always going to have a portion of the audience is like, well, how do we make this more competitive? Right? Yeah. How do we make this the esports side of that? But you don't get that if you're trying to like make a game that's like super hardcore out the gate. It's like, no, no, no. Let, let the people that know best about that stuff to really come up with that. Our job is to make something that changes the industry, changes the world, and gets everyone excited to play this game, mm -hmm. right? So if we do that, if we're successful on that, like the Call of Duties, the Halos, whatever, any game you name that becomes super popular, there's always a portion of players that want to try to make it into eSport. The difference with us, we're, we want to embrace that. That's fine. But our number one goal is let's make that game that's incredible, and then let's see what audience wants to talk about making a competitive, more competitive aspect of that game. Love to hear that. Obviously, Doc, uh, you have been a, a, a very big supporter of esports and, and what it needs in order for it to become uh, the, the sport that it can be. I appreciate the fact that you're not going and, and, and catering specifically to that because that is a path that uh, some, some, uh, some developers have taken. And this is, this is more you guys allowing the, the game itself to develop and take the path that it needs to take because there is an element of the game developing into what it is. So you can guide it. But at the end of the day, the audience, the, the community are the ones that are going to be the driving factors as to what this thing becomes, whether it's a serious yeah. thing for them or that. And having the ability to have the choice of that is, is a beautiful thing. So I, I, uh, I commend you guys for that. Um, look, I, I don't, I don't want to hold it up anymore. I think that it's time for us to say goodbye. I do appreciate you guys. I have more questions that I'll ask offline, uh, but I certainly appreciate the transparency. I'm sure they appreciate the transparency and looking forward. And looking forward to playing Snapshot. Number five for me for the first time. And I love it. All right, everybody, all the information for Dead Drop is going to be listed in the description down below. Please do check them out uh, and sign up for all the news and everything. Their personal information will also be in the description. Be sure to follow them for updates. Uh, and, yeah, boys, thank you so much for, uh, for joining us. Uh, let's play some Dead Drop. Let's do it. Thank you, everybody.